It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures. Thank you for being here this evening. My name is Josh Ward. I'll be with you for the next half hour as I'll talk some recruiting. We'll look ahead to the 2020 season as well with the big news from the last week. Trey Smith is returning to Tennessee. Cade Mays transferring to Tennessee as well. That actually affects what Tennessee is able to do with recruiting in 2020 because Cade Mays takes up a scholarship. So does Bellis Jones, the transfer from USC. He's a wide receiver who will come in as a grad transfer to play this upcoming season. So there aren't that many spots remaining for Tennessee to close out the 2020 class. So I'll talk about recruiting for this year as well as next year. Jesse Simonton of AllQuest.com is going to stop by the show coming up in just a moment. I'll get his thoughts on all of that. Tennessee has to make at least one hire to its coaching staff. Could there be other movement? That's something to pay attention to as well. In segment number two, Cole Kubelik of the SEC Network talked about the change he saw from Tennessee's football team this season. Does that say something about the future of Tennessee's football program? I'll get to that right here on Football Futures, here every Monday evening from 7 until 7.30, with Eric Kane taking over at 7.30 and then leading you into vol calls at 8 o'clock. There's a lot going on with Tennessee on the football side with the news that has come out, recruiting, and then, of course, Tennessee basketball right now with both teams getting wins this past weekend. They'll have you covered on that on vol calls coming up in a little less than an hour. I want to welcome to the show Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com. He covers Tennessee football, keeps up with what's happening on the recruiting trail as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Jesse, I appreciate the time as always. And, of course, the big news over the last several days with Tennessee football would be focused on the offensive line with Cade Mays transferring to Tennessee from Georgia and then Trey Smith announcing he's coming back. Uh, the waiver to be able to play right away is still pending with with Cade, of course. But just with that news, the potential that could come with it, what has been your thoughts over the last few days? Yeah, I mean, that was a heck of a one-two uh, deal for Tennessee to land. And it really go cowboy up with two guys that I think they'd like uh, to really build around in 2020 to kind of continue this momentum off the six-game winning streak to end the 2019 season. Trey Smith, you know, was leaning towards that decision really about a week ago, Josh. He had a meeting with Jeremy Pruitt. He and his family sat down with Jeremy Pruitt. They sat down with some of Tennessee's medical staff, uh, and they felt comfortable about uh, the way those discussions went. You know, Trey was kind of going back and forth, wrestling with the decision, he, he kind of spoke on the fact, you know, he made this promise to his mom to not only get his degree, uh, which he could easily still get if he had decided to go pro, but also to play in the NFL. And so, you know, he, he was not particularly pleased, I think, uh, with – or not – I shouldn't say he wasn't pleased, but he did not get uh, the grade back that he maybe thought from the NFL. So he was advised to return to school. Um, and he made that decision. That was huge news because he was easily Tennessee's best lineman this past season, despite not practicing really all year. There's a plan in place for him to potentially do more uh, in the fall of 2020. We'll see kind of how that unfolds. But then to have that news come right on the heels of Tennessee getting five-star transfer Cade Mays uh, was a huge new, huge week for Tennessee's you know potential 2020 offensive line, as you alluded. Cade does not have the waiver yet, but, you know, talking to folks, he does not make this move from Georgia pivotal junior year unless there's some real confidence that he will be granted 
um, immediate eligibility. Obviously, there's all the stuff out there with the, with the lawsuit um, that his dad, Kevin, has with the chair manufacturer and the University of Georgia, Tom Mars, is representing Cade uh, for the, uh, you know, in terms of his eligibility waiver with the NCAA. So I think when it's, when it's all, you know, when the dust settles there, Josh, Tennessee's going to have two huge uh, in-state, you know, linemen, Trey Smith playing, playing all four years here at Tennessee and Cade Mays coming back home to kind of build around this 2020 offensive line. They also got, you know, Brandon Kennedy announced right after the bowl game that he received his sixth year of eligibility and he'll be here. And so I think, you know, how the rest of the line shakes out, and I had a story on BallQuest late last week kind of looking at various angles, different uh, lineup possibilities, and, and it's, I think it's going to be really dependent on what happens with those two freshman tackles. Is, you know, can one continue to grow at left tackle? Darnell Wright ultimately ended up losing, you know, playing time by the end of the year because of the ascension of, of K. Ron Calvert. Does Calvert continue to come on? Where does Jerome Carvin uh, fit into the mix. So the variables of Trey staying and Kay's addition, I do, I, it really does give Tennessee some flexibility and options. And Will Friend, you know, frankly, a good problem to have. Yeah, and uh, Trey, we know what, what Tennessee has with him, and he can continue to improve. If Kay's there as well, that really takes pressure off those young guys, as you're talking about, right? If if, if Trey's gone to the NFL and Kay is at Georgia, the, the offensive line, I think, would be a major concern, or at least a big question mark. The conversation really flips with the news from last week. What do you think? No, I agree. I mean, and that's why you had, I, I, I'm not going to jump to the natural assertion that some did that, you know, when you just line up the, the potential stars that some of these guys have, that Tennessee suddenly might have the best offensive line in the SEC on paper, that potentially could be true. Uh, but Darnell Wright did not play like a five-star this past season. And that's no fault of his own. He was a freshman. That's a tough position to play. Um, he was banged up a little bit uh, midway through the season. But by the end of the year, K. Ron Calvert, a guy who's been in the program several years, uh, really has world to potential himself, is, is, is as physically gifted as really any Tennessee offensive lineman not named Trey Smith on the roster. The fact that Calvert was able to kind of beat out uh, Darnell, I wouldn't just pencil in Darnell, you know, for a spot next season. Tennessee also needs growth, as you kind of mentioned, uh, from, from Wanya Morris. So, but they do have the luxury now of being able to kind of lean on, I think, three veterans who have played a lot of football in Smith, Kennedy, and Mays, if Mays gets the, the waiver, that you can kind of build your interior around those guys, and then how do you, you know, protect the blind side and, and the, the opposite side with the two tackles. Jesse Simonton of AllQuest.com. And, uh, of course, looking back on the recruiting trail, Jesse, with uh, with several weeks to go with the 2020 class. So Caden Mays is transferring in. You have uh, Velas Jones, the transfer from USC as well. There's not a lot of space left in this 2020 class, is there? What is Tennessee maybe looking at over these next few weeks? And then uh, with the lack of space remaining, how does that maybe affect Tennessee's approach looking at 2021, which you've talked about here on the show the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, just with Cade, you know, and, and Velas Jones, they really only have two, maybe three spots left I think they might hold one of those spots for a potential another grad transfer if there's one that they like uh that could be you know an outside linebacker the Velas Jones uh take was interesting because Velas has not been overly productive out at USC but he is a nice kick returner um and I think Tennessee ultimately decided they needed a veteran a guy who'd been you know in a college practice uh for for several years to kind of be on the roster for next season when you're having to replace 
Callaway, Jennings, and even a guy who played, um, albeit sparingly at times, but still saw the field in Tyler Bird. Uh, so when you lose those three guys, and you're you, you're likely going to have to count on a couple freshmen next season, it will be nice to have just another veteran presence there. So with those two additions, Tennessee is looking at really uh, focusing on just a few guys. Jay Hardy is obviously the, the the biggest name out there for the Vols. Tennessee hopes to get him on campus sometime late in the month for a basketball game. B. Beckwith is probably the second you know biggest target out there, versatile kind of a hybrid tight end. Um, kind of with Tennessee missing out on Darnell Washington, I think he's really a priority. They will host some other guys throughout the next few weeks. The dead period ends Friday. Um, uh, Malachi Windham is a Florida State wide receiver commit. He's scheduled to be up here this week. I- I'll be curious to see the way that plays out. I actually like the Beckwith. He's a guy that you know envisions or has eyes of playing both ways in college, wants to play basketball and football he had that opportunity at florida state um so we'll see kind of you know how hard tennessee presses there but five-star broderick jones who was on the balls as radar you know he he has decided to look elsewhere the georgia commit likely either going to stay in athens or go to auburn he is going to um go visit his old coach this coming weekend and sam Pittman. so with tennessee really you know down to just a couple of guys in 2020 to focus the next three weeks before signing day will be on several of these junior days. They'll have several, you know, they'll have uh, a bunch of 21s and 22s in town, whether it's some in-state kids, you know, like a William Griffin, um, like a Turrentine trying to get a a junior Colson and Trey Curry on campus. Then you'll have some other guys like a Peyton Page who who recently announced that Tennessee was uh, among his top five programs trying to get him back on campus as well. Davion Henderson, an outside linebacker. So, They'll have plenty of uh, blue-chip underclassmen on campus the next three weeks versus having to spend as much time and as much focus on the, on the 2020 class. Yeah, and you've talked about Peyton Page. Uh, Rivals has him as the number two defensive tackle in the country in the 2021 class, with Tennessee being there in the top five. Do you have an idea uh, of how Tennessee compares uh, with a guy like Page or some of those other really highly touted guys that, of course, Jeremy Pruitt would love to get to Knoxville? Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's in a really nice spot currently for Peyton Page. I would say Tennessee's, you know, he, he released a top five, but to me this is going to end up being a three, three-horse three race between Tennessee, the out-of-state school, and then Clemson uh, and North Carolina. So how that shakes out, we'll, we'll see. It's still fairly early in Page's recruitment. One thing to note is that Peyton Page speaks very highly. He called him the OG uh, in, in the interview that Peyton did with Austin Price when we were down at the Under Armour Future 50 event called called uh, Tracy Rocker, the OG, and spoke very highly of Tennessee's defensive line coach. You know, Tracy's his contract expires at the end of this month, and there's a lot of question about, you know, what happens in terms of that position for Tennessee for 2020 and beyond. So how would Rocker staying, you know, obviously help the Vols with Peyton Page or what might happen if Rocker is, you know, no longer in the program? Uh, come February 1. So that's just something to keep in mind. Chris Winkie is the other coach on staff whose contract expires at the end of the month. So right now Tennessee has one opening to fill in David Johnson, but I would not be surprised, as you know, I said last week, and then it has been kind of the scuttle behind the scenes if there's at least another opening, maybe two, uh, you know, come here shortly. Yeah, so the, the unknown remains there. That uh, Obviously you have to fill the spot left open by David Johnson, but uh, – 
the other positions remain fluid right now until something is figured out contract-wise? Yeah, exactly. Contract-wise, do those guys get new deals, or does Tennessee look elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of going on right now, as you can tell. Jesse Simonton covering Tennessee at VolQuest.com. Football, recruiting, everything going on. Follow him on Twitter, at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Jesse, thanks for the time, as always. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate Jesse taking a few minutes to talk to me here tonight, as he does each and every Monday on Football Futures. Coming up next, Cole Kublik of the SEC Network talks about the change he saw from Tennessee's football program this season and what it might say about Tennessee moving forward. I'll get to that coming up next on Football Futures. My name's Josh Ward. You're listening to FM 99.1, The Sports Animal. The future of college football. Now back to your host, Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. Thanks for being here this evening. My name's Josh Ward. Eric Kane is going to take over coming up at 7.30. If you ever want to go back to listen to this show or any show, really, on our station, you can always check out the podcast section of the WNML app as well as online, 991thesportsanimal.com. Sam Foreman is producing tonight, as always, and we'll have the show up for you after it concludes. Just check out the podcast section and look for Football Futures. So coming up here, uh, another thought on the 2021 class, because with the turnaround that Tennessee had this past season, there was some benefit to how Tennessee was able to close out the early signing period for 2020, but the bigger impact might be on 2021. I'll get to that coming up in just a moment, but part of that conversation is how Tennessee turned things around this season. And I had a chance to talk to Cole Kubelik the other day largely about Trey Smith coming back and Kate Mays arriving at Tennessee, and he was great there. Check out that interview on the app and on the website. But I also asked him about the turnaround that Tennessee experienced this past season. It was a dreadful start, as you know. Tennessee lost its first two games. Tennessee was 1-4, and four, and then the Vols finished the season 8-5. and five. I asked Cole, who was able to see Tennessee against Kentucky and Missouri in two of the final three games of the season, how Tennessee was able to turn things around, what he saw from the Vols back in September through the end of the season. This is what Cole Kublik said, talking about Tennessee getting things going in 2019. I think that confidence was there. I think the offensive line was able to get legitimate movement at times. That was big. You didn't have a lot of physically dominant individuals on the defensive line, but you had guys like Daryl Taylor who could win some one-on-ones in pass rush. You had, you had some guys like Aubrey Solomon who just could get you some stops every now and then. You had, you know, Batuli and Toho Toho have better recognition and understanding of how to, how to make plays, where to be, how to get there, when to be there. Um, you, know, you, you talk to Jeremy, he'll tell you it all happened after that Florida game. They went, they have a team meeting. It's him and the team and, he, he lays out, hey, this is what we need to do to be successful. Do you guys want to do it? And then he asked the team, and the team told him, this is what we need to be successful. And some of the guys were, were, were off the team after that. For however, you, however the public wants to decide that they were gone, be it portal, left on their own, voluntary, kicked off, I, I don't really care uh, you know, what anyone thinks or thinks they know. But the reality is some people moved on that ended up being better for that team. So I think the attitude, the leadership, the demeanor of that team improved from that point on. 
and then they were able to start building around what they could be and what they needed to do to be successful on offense and defense. And then the, the biggest thing, too, is just and, – and I asked Jeremy about this, and he can't even explain it. I don't know if anyone could. But you go the first four weeks of the season, Josh, and, and one thing we knew about Tennessee coming back this year was they might not win 10, they might win six, but we don't know how good they're going to be as a team – but they got guys who can make plays because we've seen it. We've legitimately seen it in this league. We know Jennings can make plays. We know Nigel Warrior can make plays. We know Batuli can make plays. We know Taylor can make plays. We know Trey Smith's going to make plays. We knew that those guys were there and could make plays. Garantano was one of those guys. Well, none of them really seemed to emerge or show up or do a whole lot the first three or four weeks of the season. And then all of a sudden, it's like week six or seven, slowly but surely, some of those guys start making plays. And the more of those guys start making plays. And they all start making plays. So I don't exactly know how the chemistry turns, how the belief system of a team, you know, resets itself. But I think that's a big portion of what happened there is, you know, they got rid of some stuff that they didn't need. And then – they began to believe in who they had and who they were, and then it it all just emerged. Now, did listen, did the level of competition help them down the stretch a little bit? Sure. But nobody's asking Tennessee to be Ohio State or Clemson. We're just – we're asking – you're asking them to be, you know, just just be better than what you have been. And they were that the last half of the season. So, I think there's a lot that went into it, and that's a long answer for kind of an easy question, but – I don't know if there's a, a right or wrong way to answer it necessarily because I, I think it's I think it's complicated. Cole Kublik of the SEC Network. So a number of factors did go into Tennessee having more success as the season went along. Players buying in, leaders stepping up, guys making more plays, Jarrett Garantano being better in the second half of the season than he was the first half of the season, defensive line development, and also some luck. Tennessee got some breaks along the way and took advantage of them and the result was much more positive for Tennessee. Now it's what do you do next with the players that are leaving? But Trey Smith coming back, that helps answer part of the leadership question, doesn't it? Because with the seniors leaving, having someone like Trey Smith come back is a pretty clear answer to, okay, who can step up on the offensive side of the ball to be a leader for the Vols? And they'll need more players to do that, and they'll need to improve in a number of areas. But the the status of the program seems to be in better shape, and the connection between the coaching staff and the players does as well. And with recruiting, to bring it back to that part of the conversation, there was a clear benefit during the early signing period. I don't know how things would have turned out if the Vols had not won as many games as they did, if Tennessee had gone 5-7 and seven or worse. I don't know what the class would have looked like, but it wouldn't have closed out as well as it did. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Does Amari Thomas absolutely sign with Tennessee? I don't know. He may commit. He may not sign with Tennessee because when he committed originally, he was not planning to sign. Does Morvin Joseph, the outside linebacker from Florida, end up choosing Tennessee? I kind of doubt it. Does Jimmy Holiday flip from TCU to Tennessee if Tennessee doesn't get things going and there are more questions about Jeremy Pruitt's future? I have a hard time believing that that's the case. So that would be, to me, where Tennessee benefited the most. But also there were a number of really big-time players like Darnell Washington, Rakeem Jarrett, Savelle Smalls, Noah Sewell, who Tennessee went after. Tennessee tried with Tate Ratledge again. He stuck with Georgia. 
and it, it just didn't work out in the 2020 class. But in 2021, Tennessee has a full year to recruit. And those guys who are juniors right now in high school, they saw Tennessee get things turned around. They saw the news that Trey Smith is coming back. They saw the news that Cade Mays has transferred from Georgia to Tennessee. And I'm not going to sit here and say because Cade Mays decided to transfer from Georgia to Tennessee that all of a sudden Peyton Page is going to choose Tennessee. But with things going in a better direction for Tennessee, that gives the Vols a much better chance at going out and landing highly touted players for the 2021 class. It's actually a conversation similar to a year ago. Going into this past season, those big names that I just talked about, we were talking about them back in the spring and the summer, saying, okay, if Tennessee's able to go out and win seven or eight games or more, you have a chance at landing those players. And Tennessee actually did that, but they needed a late-season rally. At that point, it was too late with a lot of those guys. If Tennessee can make a jump this year, if Tennessee can go win eight or nine games, if Tennessee can get an early win against Florida or at least be a lot more competitive, I think Tennessee will have a chance to close out with some of the better players in the 2021 class. So the turnaround this season, it helped with this 2020 class that Tennessee is about to close out. But I think the real benefit will be for 2021. And as always with recruiting, there will be the conversation of what do you do next? Do you go win more games? Tennessee will have to do that. And Jeremy Pruitt expects to do that. But right now, Tennessee is in a much better position than it was three or four months ago. That's something to build on. It's a fun time right now for Tennessee football fans. We'll see if the momentum continues over the next few weeks. I'll be back next Monday to talk about how visits will have gone this upcoming weekend. Football Futures is here every Monday from 7 until 7.30. Thanks for hanging out. Eric Kane's coming up next on The Sports Animal.